I want to ask you a question as uh, before we get into God's word this morning and I don't want you to raise your hands but I just want you to think about it in your mind I want you to think about and answer this question have you placed your trust in Jesus perfect life perfect death and resurrection for your sins this morning is that you has there been a time in your life where you have come to grips with the reality that you can't save yourself that no matter how much good that you do that in God's eyes you have come to the place to understand that he is holy you are not and there's no way that in and of yourself you can bridge the gap between your sinfulness and God's holiness and so God has opened up your eyes to realize that Jesus Christ came to live a perfect life for you in place of your sinful life that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you paying the debt that your your sin and my sin deserve that he rose again three days later so that today we can have the opportunity and the privilege if we are a follower of Jesus Christ to sing the songs that we sang this morning in a victorious way have you done that today I want you to think about that and you're here today and if you answered yes to that you would say that yes I believe in John 14 6 that Jesus when he says that I am the way the truth and the life that no one comes to the Father except through me that you would say in your mind yes I believe that I trust in that that when you read Romans 3 23 and you see what Paul says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that you would say yes I believe that You'd read Romans 6, 23 and understand that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, you would say, yes, I believe that. I trust in that today. You would say there's been a time in your life, Romans 10, 9, that if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead, that my assurance is that I will be saved. And you would say yes to all those things. You'd be saying in your mind right now, hopefully, amen. Yes, I believe in that. I trust that. That's why I sing this morning. That's why I'm here this morning. That's why I, every day I have the opportunity to open up God's word and I'm, I relish in the reality that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But I wonder if there's people in this room that you would say yes, I trust, that Jesus has lived a perfect life for me, died a perfect death, rose again three days later. I place my trust in that, but I would wonder if there's not some of us in here this morning that would say it's been a while since I've reflected and rejoiced in the amazing reality that I have been given by Almighty God a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, think in your mind, when is the last time that you said to yourself, man, isn't it good? Isn't it awesome that I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? That it's mine. That I don't look and say, well, that's great that what God is doing in their life, or that's great what God is doing in my spouse's life, or that's awesome to see what God is doing in my grandkids' life, or that's awesome to see that what that relationship is doing in my kids' life. But you would say, man, it is awesome and it is great and I am blessed because I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when I say that word personal, here's what I don't mean. I don't mean it's a private thing. 
Like sometimes we can hear that word personal and we think, well, that's a private thing. Like it's mine, it's private, it's something that I keep to myself. That's not what I mean by personal. Here's what I mean by personal. The idea of possession. That God has given me a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and it's the most precious thing that I have. It's mine. I've taken possession of it. God has given it and it is precious. And so what we're going to do for the next six weeks is we are going to walk through different passages of Scripture in God's Word in different places, Old Testament and New, and look at the blessings that God has given us through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why I've entitled this six-week series, It's Personal. And so hopefully you're in James chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, and before I get into James 9, 23 and 24, those of you, or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, I said James, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, some of you like started freaking out right there. <laughs> Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. Like, not a lot of like great things going on in the book of Jeremiah. Like, Jeremiah is probably not the book that you're going to go to and say, man, I need some, like, major encouragement this morning but we know that jeremiah is god's word and jeremiah was called by god to preach to be a prophet to the children of israel and unfortunately god tells jeremiah jeremiah i want you to go and i want you to preach repentance to the people of israel because they have again wandered away from me and we spent 13 weeks in nehemiah and saw the fickleness of the children of israel i remember the way we ended nehemiah praise god that God's fickleness is great, or God's faithfulness is greater than my fickleness. And unfortunately, the same thing is going on in the book of Jeremiah. And God tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to preach repentance that people, for the people to turn back to me. But here's the reality. Nobody's going to listen to you. Like, praise God, God didn't tell me that. Like, that would be rough, right? That would be tough. I want you to go do this, but here's the reality. You're not going to see any fruit. But in the midst of all that, we find this reminder in verses 23 and 24, and I'm going to read it here in a second, but I want to challenge you with something. I don't say this very often, though you have the opportunity every week. I want you to take notes this morning. I want you to take notes. So get out a pen, and let's get ready. You ready? All right, let's look at verse 23. Jeremiah says this, thus says the Lord. Jeremiah's the mouthpiece of God right here, and it says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Key word I want you to focus on there is in verse 24, that word boast. So here's what boast means in the Hebrew. Boast means this. It means to shine. That's what that word means. It means to shine. So almost as if you think about it as a spotlight. So think about that word as a spotlight. So when I see the word boast, literally what it means is, is what are you shining the spotlight on? 
Think about it right now. What are you shining the proverbial spotlight on? Is it on yourself? Is it on your spouse? Is it on your kids? Is it on what you've achieved? Is it on some other thing in your life? Like that's what the word boast means. It literally means to shine a light on. Now in the Greek it has, though the kind of the same meaning, a little bit different, it has the idea of this in the Greek. It means to express an unusually high degree of confidence in someone or something being exceptionally noteworthy. So pretty much the same idea. So here's the title of the message this morning, My Boast. I wonder what is it, that, what is it this morning? I wonder what we are shining the spotlight on this morning. Is it on you? Is it on something else? Your achievements, your money, your status, your kids, your spouse, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. I wonder what this morning, what is your boast? Because here's the idea that I want you to write down. Here it is. My boasting reveals who I am trusting. My boasting reveals who I am trusting. Another way to say it is, what I boast in is what I trust in. So whatever I'm boasting in this morning, whatever I'm shining the spotlight on this morning, that's what I'm trusting where I'm trusting and there's four groups of people in here this morning that I see in this passage of scripture in this text of Jeremiah 9 verses 23 and 24 here's the first group my boasting is in my status my status look at what it says in verse 23 the first part of verse 23 thus says the Lord this is the Lord's words this morning to you and to me let not the wise man boast in his wisdom don't boast in your status you say, well, how do I know if I'm doing that? Like, our first reaction is probably, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not boasting in my status. Well, think about this. My boasting is in my status when, here it is, my identity is found in what I know, who I know, or where I come from. So I wonder if that's you or me this morning. That I'm boasting in my status when my identity when I'm getting my self-worth from what I know, who I know, or where I've come from. Now think about this. We live in a society today that feeds that, right? That feeds that, that desire to boast in our status. Who I know, what I know, where I come from. We live in a society that naturally promotes that. I was just thinking in my, in my mind about how often that's, that's done. Think about it. We hear all the time, you have the, you have the poor, you have the middle class, and then you have the wealthy, right? You hear that on the news all the time, and they divide us up into classes. Think about this. Think about your tax brackets. Still fairly recent. Think about that. Depending on where you are, that is, that is where you fit in society. What does it do? Feeds that. What about this one? I'm single. 
Like every time you fill out an application, don't you see this? Every time you fill out, whether it's on iTunes or whatever it is, they're gathering your gathering. You have that little drop down, right? I'm single, I'm married, I'm divorced, whatever it is. And what oftentimes happens is, is it feeds how you are defining yourself, does it not? Yes, I know I'm single. Yes, I know I'm divorced. Yes, I'm married. Right? Think about this. Here's another one I was thinking of. Your race. Right? It's on that drop down. It's on whatever you fill out. I'm white. I'm, I'm African American. I'm Hispanic. I'm Asian. Whatever it is. You're, we, we're always reminded of how much we make. Our relationships. What our race is. Here's another one. What about the corporate ladder? Right? Remember I mentioned this a few weeks ago? What's a common question? What do you do? You go to work and you know, okay, I'm here on the corporate ladder and I know there's, there's 50 people in, ahead of me. Or I know there's only three people ahead of me. And I just want to get up one more level. Right? Corporate ladder. Here's another one. What about what you've achieved? You're a high school graduate. You're a high school dropout. You're a college graduate. You have a graduate degree. You have a doctorate. Right? I mean, we live in a society that just the way that we operate motivates this natural tendency in and of ourselves to define ourselves by our status. And so here's what happens. Either it allows us or motivates us, I should say, to put our boasting in our status, like what I know, remember, what I know who I know, where I've come from, and you sit here this morning and say, I'm pretty proud of that. Or there's others of us that are on the flip side of that, and we would say, man, my status is defined by what I don't know, by who I don't know, by where I've come from, and you would define your status based on not that you have achieved those things, but maybe in your mind you haven't. And what Jeremiah, or what God says through Jeremiah says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. It's the first group of people in here this morning. You're boasting in your status. Your status. Here's the second one. Look at what it says in the second part of verse 23. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. My boasting, here's the second group of people, my boasting is in my strength. A strength. See, we're boasting in our strength when my identity is found in what I've achieved. What I've achieved. See, there's certain people in here that are given more than that than others. Some of you in here are high achievers. You're high achievers. And so you have a tendency to define yourself by what you have achieved or what you haven't achieved. Little known secret into my brain, this is what I struggle with. And it's so easy for me, based on what I have achieved or what I haven't achieved, to define myself by that and my boasting to be in that. Well, man, isn't it awesome? Look at, look at what I've done here. Maybe that's you this morning. And it's a hard truth and it's a hard reality, but you need to embrace it this morning. Maybe that's you. When you think about who you are, your mind always goes to what you've achieved. 
And Jeremiah says, let not the mighty man boast in his might. See, some of us have this mental resume in our heads. We have this mental resume. And if I said, who are you? I wonder how many of you would just start listing off the things that you've achieved. Well, I've done this, and I'm this because of this, and I'm this because of this, and I'm this because this happened, and I'm this because that happened. And we have a mental resume in our minds of what we've achieved, or on the flip side, what we haven't achieved. And it determines what we boast in. How about this third group of people? Look at what it continues to say in verse 23. Not just let not... Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. But then it says, let not the rich man boast in his riches. So I wonder if you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't really think my boasting's in my status. don't really think my boasting's in my strength. What about this one? My boasting is in my stuff. My stuff. Like what I've accumulated. See, my boasting is in my stuff when my identity is found, my self-worth is found in what I've accumulated. Listen to this passage of Scripture that speaks to this type of thinking, Luke 12, 18 and 19. Jesus tells, gives this parable of this man who, is, who has been blessed by God with an enormous amount of resources, and look at what he says. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, like probably a good indicator if you're boasting in your stuff or your status or your strength is when you speak of yourself in the third person. Well, let me tell you how good Johnny is. Well, Johnny's done this. And Johnny's done that. Johnny's accumulated this. Johnny has done that. I hope that's none of you this morning. Verse 19, and I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Like this parable of this man is the epitome of someone who is boasting in their stuff. What you've accumulated. It's giving you identity. It's giving you self-worth. Or just like I've said with every other one on the flip side, some of you are so discouraged this morning and so maybe even depressed this morning and so frustrated this morning because even though you don't have a lot of stuff, you're still defining yourself by the stuff that you don't have. Your boasting is in your stuff. I wonder this morning, I thought about asking this question because as I was praying this morning and thinking about this passage of Scripture I ask myself this question, I want to pose it to you. Here it is. When I pillow my head at night, what keeps me awake? When it comes time to go to bed, what keeps you awake? I thought of three things. Is it fear of losing my status or discouragement? Or, I'm sorry, fear of losing my status? I'm afraid that I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid that if I don't perform well enough that my boss is going to demote me. I'm afraid that my girlfriend or boyfriend are going to break up with me because all my identity is tied up in that relationship, my status. 
I'm afraid I'm not going to pass this class and I'm going to be a failure. Fear of losing my status or how about this, discouraging in what my status is. I'm a failure. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't know this person. I don't know this. I come from this. How about this one? Fear of losing my power in what I've achieved. You lie awake at night because you're fearful that you're going to lose what you've achieved. Or discouragement and what you believe is the little achievement that you have made. It keeps you awake at night. Those thoughts flood your mind. Because even though you don't, in society's terms, maybe have tremendous achievement, your boasting is still in that because you're defining yourself by what you haven't achieved. You're defining yourself by what you feel like is strength and you're saying to yourself, I don't have it. How about this one? Fear of losing my stuff. You know what I find is when someone boasts in their stuff, it actually becomes a burden. Because your identity is so tied up in what you've accumulated that the thought now that rules your mind is how do I keep it and not lose it? It keeps you awake at night. Are you awake because you're so discouraged because you're thinking to yourself, I don't have enough. If I just had this, then I'd be all right. If I just had that, then I'd be all right. If I just made this, then I'd be all right. And it keeps you awake at night. I want you to write this down, this phrase. It's on the screen. I want you to get this. If my boasting is built on any other thing than my relationship with Jesus Christ, get this, I am an insecure person this morning. If my boasting... Another way to say it is my identity or self-worth is built on anything other than my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm an insecure person this morning because my status can be taken away from me. I hope it doesn't happen, but I hope it doesn't happen for you, but your status can be taken away. What you've achieved can be taken away, your strength. Your stuff can be taken away. And if my identity is found in those things, where will I be if those things are removed? That's why Jeremiah says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. I remember living in Naples and planting churches there from 2007, especially in 2009 and 2010 when the when the housing market just crashed. And in Southwest Florida, let me tell you something, everybody in your church was either a real estate agent or a financial advisor. And I remember hearing stories of guys who made millions and losing it all in a matter of weeks. It's so sad, and God forbid, but it happened. So many people committing suicide. Because they lost everything. 
And their identity was so tied up in that that they actually said to themselves and believed that if I don't have this, then life's not worth living. That's why I say this morning, if my boasting is in any other thing other than my personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm an insecure person this morning. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, remember what Jesus says as he closes out the Sermon on the Mount. He gives this illustration, and he gives this illustration of two different types of people that are building a house. Do you remember? And one individual builds his house on a sand, and another individual builds his house on a rock. You know this, right? And the rains and the winds and the storms come, and they beat on that house that's built on the sand. And what happens because it's built on the sand? It is totally decimated. And Jesus says, great was the fall of it. And in contrast, he gives the illustration of the person who builds his house upon the rock. And the same winds and the same storm and the same rain come. But what does Jesus say? The house that was built on the rock did what? It stood what? Firm. Why would, did that house stand firm? Because it was built upon the rock. Galatians 6.14 says this, But far be it from me to boast, there's that word, to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. What does Paul say? Far be it from me. Like it doesn't even make sense for me. To boast in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. Here's what he's saying. The only thing that I want to shine my spotlight on is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And when I understand that, when I boast in that, when I revel in what I've been given in my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, what that does in me is it makes me crucified. I'm dead to the world and it to me that I'm, that I'm not going to be consumed by wanting to shine the spotlight on my status or on my strength or on my stuff. Why? Because I understand that the only thing worth boasting in is my relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the fourth person in this room this morning is that person that says man my boasting is in my savior jesus christ it's not my status it's not my strength it's not my stuff but it's in my savior look at what it says in verse 24 of jeremiah 9 but let him who boasts let him who shines the spotlight, shine it on this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord, that you know me, that I'm the Lord, who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. Here's what I want to do in the remainder of my time. I want to answer this question. Why should your boasting be in Jesus Christ? Right? So many of us, if we placed our relationship in Jesus Christ and we have a personal relationship, you know you're not supposed to boast in your status. You know you're not supposed to boast in your strength. You know you're not supposed to boast in your stuff. We know that, right? But I wonder how many of us, we say, yes, I know I'm supposed to boast in Jesus Christ. But many of us, including myself, need a reminder this morning. 
You may be here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And man, I'm glad you're here because God wants you to hear this. Why is my boasting? Why should it be in Jesus Christ? I'm glad you asked. Here's the first thing. Because Jesus Christ gives me, get this, his status. Jesus Christ gives me his status. Look at what it says. I am the Lord who practices steadfast love. That's that word has said that's in the Old Testament, that covenant love, that love that I don't deserve, that love that I couldn't merit, that love that God gave me through Jesus Christ. It's a covenant, which means I can never lose it. Jesus Christ gives me his status. That's why I can boast today in Jesus Christ. That's why I should say, man, my boasting reveals who I'm trusting, and I'm trusting and I'm boasting in Jesus Christ. He's given me his status. See, it's not about my status. It's about his status. And his status that's been given to me says this, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Today, if I place my faith and trust in Jesus' perfect life, death, and resurrection, I say today, I am a sinner saved by grace. That's what Jesus Christ's status says to me. Think about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, so that no one should what? Boast. See, my boasting is in Jesus Christ because I understand, man, my status is nothing Whatever I know, whoever I know, whatever I've come from, no, no, no. It's about shining the light on the status that I've been given in Jesus Christ. Here's another thing. I've been declared righteous by God. Remember how I said, in order for me to come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God opens my eyes to realize he's holy and I'm not. And there's no way to bridge that gap, but the beautiful thing is Christ's status says, not only am I a sinner saved by grace, but it also says that I've been declared righteous by God. Romans 5.1 says that. It also says that I now have the right to call Almighty God Father. Think about that. Think about when you've prayed the last time and you thought to yourself, man, it's just mind-boggling right now that I'm actually talking to Almighty God and that I can actually call Him Father. You see that in Romans 8. It says, or Romans 4, or, I'm sorry, Galatians 4, 6 says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of His sons into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. And so when I look at Jeremiah 9, 24, and it says, Here, here's what you need to know. I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, covenant love. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I've been declared righteous by God. I can call God Father. And I have an assurance to know that God is the one who exercises justice. No matter how bad things get, I know that he's going to make all things right. I know that he's righteous, and therefore everything that he does is good. He can't do anything else but good. And I get to call that God, Father. See, some of us, unfortunately, don't have the best earthly fathers. But regardless of my earthly father, I have the assurance of knowing that God is the perfection, not the reflection of my earthly father. And aren't you glad about this? Not only am I a sinner saved by grace, I've been declared righteous by God, I can call Almighty God Father, but man, I'm a child of the King. Isn't that awesome? 
that you're a child of the king. I wonder right now if there's something in your soul that's being stirred up because you're reminded of the reality of what your status is, not in yourself, but in Jesus Christ, that I'm a child of the king. That's what Galatians 4, 7 says, that I am an heir through God. I remember when I was little and I go over to my grandfather's house and he was a Puerto Rican man and I remember him sitting in that rocking chair and I remember he used to sing in his very heavy Spanish accent, which I'm not going to try this morning, but he used to sing that song. Remember that hymn, I'm a Child of the King? And he used, to, he used to sing that song, and I remember that so vividly. And every time I read Galatians 4, 7, and it says, so you're no longer a slave, but you're a son, and if a son, then an heir through God, it reminds me of how he used to sing that song and remind himself of the reality that, man, my boast is not in me. My boast is not in my status. My boast this morning is in Jesus Christ. And it's because of his status. See, Jesus Christ gives me his status. But look at this. He also gives me his strength. He gives me his strength. Think about it. You didn't come to God in your own strength. Did you ever think about that? Nobody comes to God prideful. Nobody walks down an aisle prideful. Nobody prays a sinner's prayer prideful. Nobody confesses with his mouth the Lord Jesus and believes in his heart that God has raised him from the dead. Nobody does that prideful. Every single story that I've ever heard about someone's conversion and their eyes being enlightened to understand who God is and what he's done for them through Jesus Christ, they always have this common thread in it. There was a point in their life where they came to realize that their status wasn't everything. There was a point in their life where they realized that everything that they achieved, their strength, wasn't everything. There was a point in their life where they realized maybe their stuff wasn't everything, and maybe that meant it was taken away, or maybe that meant they saw the emptiness in it. But no one ever comes to God and has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ relying on their own strength. But unfortunately, this is what happens. I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that personal relationship that I have with him, and I'm excited about it, and there's, so I see the world in a new way that I've never seen it before, and the colors of the world look brighter, and, the, and it smells nicer, and all of these different things. And what happens if I don't keep a close look and actions on my relationship with Christ? What happens is I begin to creep back in to what? Defining myself by the things that I came to realize in my relationship with Jesus Christ that meant nothing. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says this, My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know what I've heard over and over again? After being a follower of Jesus Christ and talking with individuals who aren't, well, Christ is a crutch. Right? Like that's something that you have to lean on so that you can make it through life. You ever hear that? Christ is a crutch. Listen to me. Get this. 
understand this this morning. If you've gotten caught into believing that and saying, no, 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 my boasting is more in my strength where my boasting should be in Christ's strength, we need to remind ourselves this morning Christ is not a crutch. Here's what Christ is. Christ is the rock. He's the foundation of our life. Turn to Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Here's what Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Like some of you this morning need to listen up. Some of you this morning need to pay attention to this reality because you've never heard it before. And Isaiah says, have you not known? Wise up. Have you not heard? Listen up. The Lord is the everlasting God, not you, not me. The creator of the ends of the earth. He, not you, not me, he does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He, not you, not me, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases what? Strength. Verse 30. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Like some of you guys, you're like, man, I, I can accomplish anything. Isaiah says, even youths faint, grow exhausted. I'm 40 years old now, and you know what I've come to find out is when I exercise, things hurt that they didn't hurt before. It's a very sad reality. Like, I used to love like playing pickup basketball all the time. You know what defines a good game for me now? When I get in the car and I'm not hurt at the end of the night. That's a good night. Not how many points I scored, not how many rebounds I got. Did I get in the car and not rip my Achilles? And here's the reminder. I'm not strong. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But look at this. But they who wait for the Lord. That word wait doesn't mean like, well, I hope it's going to happen. But those whose hope is placed in the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That doesn't look like a crutch to me. Jesus Christ has given me not only his status, but he's also given me his strength. Turn to someone right now and say, Jesus is my strength. Jesus is your strength. And so this morning, I can actually boast in the reality that I'm weak. Because when I boast in that reality, what it does is it causes me to put the spotlight not on my strength, but to put the spotlight on Jesus Christ's strength this morning. And here's the last thing. Not only does Jesus give me a status, man, that's why I need to boast in him. Jesus Christ gives me a strength, man, I'm going to boast in him. But here's the last thing. Jesus Christ gives me his stuff. Aren't you glad for that? That Jesus Christ gives me his stuff. See, it's not about my stuff. And just as a side note, my stuff ain't my stuff anyway. Jesus Christ gives me his stuff. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 says this, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, like my heart is enlightened 
Because what I treasure is what I trust, right? So my heart is enlightened to come to understand what? That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. And look at this. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? See, my nature is to boast in what I can see, right? So it's real easy for me to boast in my stuff when I can see it. It's real easy for me to get discouraged in what I don't see. It's real easy for that to happen. But what did I give you as the overall idea that I want you to understand in this message today? That my boasting reveals who I'm trusting. What I boast in is what I trust in. And what I want to do this morning is just remind us if we are followers of Jesus Christ and maybe for the first time make those of you who maybe aren't aware of the reality that Jesus Christ has given you his stuff. I love what John 14, 1 through 3 says. I encourage you to turn there. Jesus says this, let not your hearts be troubled. Remember what I said when I was talking about how that person that may be in this room and you're boasting is in your stuff? And you lie awake at night, not able to go to sleep because your fear is in losing your status or your fear is in losing your strength and what you've achieved or your fear is in losing your stuff and what you've accumulated or your, or your fear is in who you're not and what your status is not or your fear is in, in, in what you haven't achieved or your fear is in what you haven't accumulated. And I love what Jesus says to his disciples in that upper room before he goes to the cross. And if we're going to put it in the words that we're describing this morning, Jesus saying, hey, let not your hearts be troubled. Let me tell you about my stuff. Let me tell you about what you can have through me. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Some of your translations say many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. Jesus says to his disciples, let me tell you about my stuff. Let me tell you what I'm building for you even though you don't deserve it. Let me tell you what your boast should be in. And I believe Jesus at the exact time tells his disciples this because he knows what he's about to do. That in the moments in the way he goes to the cross, his disciples are going to feel abandoned. They're going to feel discouraged. But Jesus wants to remind them, wait a minute, I'm going to this cross. Why? So that you can have my stuff. You say, what has Jesus given me? Let me just list you some. Here's what he's given me. I have a guarantee that Jesus is coming again for me. When's the last time you thought about that? When's the last time I thought about that? That he's actually coming again for me. No matter how bad my week is, he's coming again for me. No matter how good my week is, it doesn't even begin to eclipse that Jesus is coming again for me. I have that guarantee. We see it in John 14. I have the guarantee that I will be in the presence of Jesus for all of eternity. And that doesn't mean I'm up going to be up in some cloud somewhere stringing a harp with some angel's wings. Doesn't sound fun to me. I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus for all of eternity. Here's another guarantee. That I have a home in heaven that Jesus is building. I remember... I used to take people 
who had visited Naples for the first time. And what we used to do is we used to get on this, on this boat, this sunset cruise boat. It was this double-decker boat. And we used to go out into the harbor that would go out into the Gulf. And you would go down the harbor and you would see these homes that are just absolutely enormous and ridiculous. Like 30,000 square foot homes. Lived in one month a year. And you go and you look at these un unbelievable homes unbelievable homes and at the end of that you would come and i wish i had a picture of it but at the end you would come to the mouth of the gulf and there would be this massive home right on the mouth of the gulf so every morning they would get up and they would just see the gulf of mexico nothing in front of them and then on the other side of that channel, there was another massive 30,000 square foot home where this person actually said, you know what, I'm going to build this for all my grandkids. And you just sit there, I would just sit there, and it'd be so awesome to see people who have never seen this before and just like, just dumbfounded. And there was never a time where I didn't take that sunset cruise and think to myself, after I had to repent of coveting, and repent of judging someone's motives to have that big of a house and live in it one month of the year. After I got through all of that, I thought to myself, man, if this is what man can build, like, can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. I thought about that every time. And what I see in this passage of Scripture and what maybe we need to be reminded of this morning as we check our hearts and see what we're boasting in, is remind ourselves that, man, if I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I get his stuff. And not only do I get his stuff and meaning, that I have a promise and a guarantee that he's coming back, that I know that I'm going to have a home in heaven awaiting for me that I know I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus for all of eternity, but I also have the guarantee that I'm going to rule and reign with him one day. That my faithfulness is not going to be wasted on this earth. That's 2 Timothy 2, 11-13. See, society wants to tell you and tell me that my status, my strength, and my stuff define me. Here's what God wants you to hear and what God's word is clearly seen this morning is that Jesus' status, strength, and stuff is what defines you. That's what defines you. That my boast is in Jesus Christ. That that's what I'm going to boast in. And as we close this morning, I think so many of us, and I think about my life as well, this week as I've just evaluated my life and said, Johnny, where, where's your boasting? Is it in your status, who you know, or is it in who you don't know? Are you discouraged? Is it in your strength and what you've achieved? Or are you down because it's always about what you haven't achieved? Or is it in your stuff and, and what you do have or what you don't have? Like you're preaching on this is your boast in Jesus Christ. It's our boast in Jesus Christ. Because isn't that an amazing thing that we've been given today? Is I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's mine. Nobody comes 
to God and his family and as a grandkid. We all come to God the same way, realizing that without Jesus Christ, we're without hope. He is our boast. And I need to stop living on the roller coaster that says, oh, the spotlight, it's on my status, it's on my strength, it's on my stuff. And what an exhausting experience that is. And you've come in this room this morning and you're exhausted and I wonder if that's you. Because what God wants us to do once again is to take that spotlight that may be on our status, our strength, our stuff, and once again say, wait a minute, my boasting is in Jesus Christ. He's given me his status. He's given me his strength. And praise God Almighty, he's given me his stuff that will last for all of eternity. And if you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Romans 10, 9 says what's necessary. Man, in the quietness of your seat, you can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. And the beautiful thing is you will be saved. You can move it from your status, your strength, and your stuff, and you can move it to Jesus. But I would venture to guess the majority of us in this room have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Where's the spotlight? Where's the spotlight? 